Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. Oh, man, uh, it is great to be with everybody talking some football. Unfortunately, you know, I had to jump on today just because we have some bad news. Um, unfortunately, this is the way football works. And, you know, we always want to applaud everybody that is working hard in the offseason and making all these meetups, despite with what's going on with COVID and everything else, you know, uh, the protests everywhere, whatever. But we had a huge incident today. We, we lost one. Uh, Debo Samuel uh, breaks his foot. This just happened about an hour ago um, as we are recording this. I believe it is Thursday. Dates seem to make no sense anymore <laughs> in this new world. Uh, but it's where we are. So Debo breaks his foot. So what we're going to do this episode, first we have to deal with this. Um, Jamal Adams, hey, there's some new uh, developments there, even though that's a long shot. But, you know, it, from the DMs that I get, seem much more concerned about Jamal Adams and other things. And then the meat and potatoes of this episode, we're going to get too much later. So buckle in. Uh, we got a long one. We're going to go through the all-decade team for the NFC West. You know, we the last episode we did was, you know, projecting the NFC West team going into 2020. But what I wanted to do, I'm a history guy, I wanted to step back. I want to step back and I wanted to look from 2010 to 2019 and come up with an NFC West all decade team. And holy cow, uh, I did not sleep much the past three nights just because it's so fascinating. Go through the stats and through each draft and, you know, what the playoff records and all those types of things are. So uh, definitely going to get some good debates going on there. But let's jump in and let's start talking some Debo Samuel because this is crazy. Um, you know, they're, they're working out in Nashville and there's a lot of people that are in Nashville working out, which is a great thing. Again, lots of good news. And, you know, I got this full list. I just want to say shout out to Lydia who put this up. Um, she is awesome. A huge fan of what she does, but here are the players that were trading in Nashville today. Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel, Kyle Juszczyk, Jalen Hurd, who has been everywhere with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullen showed up. Dante Pettit who, let's be honest, he hasn't been at most of the workouts. He's been at some, so this is good news that he traveled across the country to be there. Juwan Jennings, he's been at everything. Trent Taylor, Sean Point Dexter, Charlie Warner, Brandon Ayuk, CJ Beathard, and Brock Rudder. So those are the people that were at workout yesterday um, and were at workout today. Now, at some point... Um, Debo Samuel had a little bit of a foot injury. He goes in, and sure enough, it's a Jones fracture. Now... 49ers fans understand 
Jones fractures are the worst of the worst. Uh, because you know, we've seen what happens, right? This is uh, whenever we look at what happened with Trent Taylor, this is what he had last year. Now, the difference between Trent Taylor and Debo, there's numerous, okay? First off, Trent Taylor didn't even know he had a Jones fracture. Um, he just had some foot swelling, went in, turns out it was broke. Debo knew it was broke right away, okay? So that's one thing. Now, Trent Taylor had five surgeries, and... Whenever you look at the Jones fracture and kind of the complications that take place, um, it can kind of, it restricts blood flow. This is me doing about 30 minutes of research online uh, in med school, which I have zero background in. So please take all of this with a grain of salt. But sometimes it can restrict blood flow into the area past the broken bone. And that complicates things with infections, um, n- nerve damage, all this stuff. And so 20% of the time with Jones surgeries, you actually have to have resurgery. That's what happened in Trent Taylor's situation. Now, the other 80% of the time, you're talking about anywhere from a 10-week to four-month recovery. So let's talk through some of these timetables just so we understand exactly where he could be, right? Because the issue is this. We want Debo back. He's the number one guy. He's the number one guy that we have to have at the wide receiver position. So it, the first reaction is, oh, hell. Here it goes, right? You know, we're screwed, whatever else. But then we take back. Okay, Debo just went. He just had surgery today. Came out of surgery, and he tweeted. This is what Debo tweeted. I'm back in 10 weeks. I'll be back and better than ever, right? So he's on the positive side for sure. Every athlete believes that they can come back sooner. That's what makes athletes athletes. You shouldn't run into 320-pound linemen with a smile on your face. But playing football, that's what you do. Uh, logic usually does not (laughs) always take over. Um, having said that, if those 10 weeks that Debo Samuel came out and said that this is when I'm going to be back, that's August 27th to the day. That's the week. That's right before week three of the preseason. So that's ideal. There is a strong chance. I'd say a little bit less than 50% that Debo actually suits up week one of the regular season. That is a possibility. Now, I don't think it's the most likely, okay? Now, if we look at the three- to four-month timeline, uh, the way that it breaks with the schedule, it's, 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 it's very interesting. So if he is out for three months, which I think is likely, that would mean the first time that he is medically cleared would be right before week one versus the Cardinals. Now, if you move push that back to the four-month window, obviously you had four weeks. He's going to miss the four weeks of the season. That's the Cardinals, Jets, Giants, Eagles. And I think that's worst-case scenario. Now, Debo is young. Um, he hasn't had a lot of injury issues with his feet before. He did have one ankle issue, but this is not an ankle issue. This is a foot issue. Um, so... I personally think if I was betting money on it now, I think that Debo misses week one and week two because the 49ers are playing for January and February. They're not playing for September or August. So I think he will miss weeks one and week two. Now, let's just say that happens and we'll keep updating everything. But what does this mean for everybody else? Because when we looked at the wide receiver position, it was a lot of question marks. We knew we had Debo. And we knew we had Kendrick Bourne, and we were hoping Brandon Ayuk, we could kind of slowly bring him in, but eventually he would take that number two role. Well, guess what? Brandon Ayuk, that training curve, it's out the window. There's no training wheels, okay? (laughs) You have to basically do what Debo did last year, weeks one, two, and three. 
Now, uh, Debo didn't come in and run, you know, play every single snap, but I don't expect that of Ayuk. But I think what they're going to do now is they are going to transition, and Brandon Ayuk is going to have to learn to play that exact same Debo role. And Kendrick Bourne, I'm telling you right now, Kendrick Bourne's your Week One starter. Um, you, you know, there are some definitely some other people that could step into that role. And shoot, Dante Pettis, who we we can keep writing off for dead. Um, but the talent is there. He fits perfectly with this scheme. He's just got to get it right. So who knows? Maybe this is what Pettis need needed um, to kind of buckle down and say, let's go get it. Because uh, let's be honest, you're a healthy scratch from the Super Bowl, Dante Pettis. You don't belong. <laughs> you don't belong. But go prove it. Go prove it. You have an opportunity. Trent Taylor coming back. Jalen Hurd, who, again, as I said, he's been at everything. He's been there. Jalen Hurd, man, I'm telling you, he's a dark horse. If he is healthy, if he can maintain contact with that back and not have issues through training camp or preseason, watch the hell out. Because once he gets in that starting lineup, he's not leaving it. I'm telling you that right now. Jalen Hurd is the dark horse there. Now, I do expect the 49ers to make a move outside of their current wide receiver position just to garnish more depth there. Now, uh, <laughs> did a deep dive, uh, you guys are going to like this, through the available wide receivers that are available in free agency. if they Because they, they're probably going to add a body, right? Um, that's just what's going to happen. So Taylor Gabriel is probably the most obvious choice just because he has the Kyle Shanahan background. Um, he kind of fits that gadget. Yeah, he's not Debo. But you could do a lot of Debo S stuff with him. Again, he he's a you know jet sweep kind of guy, shifty guy, likes to go over the middle. But he he's not Debo. But they can play the same position. Also, Josh Gordon, who was in the news also yesterday, he just reapplied for a reinstatement. So he's got the Kyle Shanahan connection. He would fit in as well. Uh, all jokes aside, especially now with the new CBA. Guess what? Uh, Josh Gordon isn't going to have near as many issues because marijuana is not a concern anymore. Um, also, Jordan Matthews, who has been signed by this 49ers group 15 times, I believe, uh, could bring him back in Justin Hardy, who, again, Kyle Shanahan had a little bit of experience with in Atlanta. So uh, those are four wide receivers I'd keep an eye on that are a possibility to come over. But this is a big loss. You know, wide receivers usually make their big jump, not in between rookie to sophomore year, like most quarterbacks do, wide receivers usually make their jump from the second to third season. And historically, especially in the fantasy football community, track all these numbers and stuff, usually it's at year three. Now, hopefully, this won't derail, <laughs> derail what Debo can do in his sophomore season. Because, again, back to where we started, he was supposed to be the guy, right? Debo was supposed to be the number one. We knew what we had. Uh, his best game was probably the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully he is able to get back and only miss just a couple of weeks. We can get by with him. I don't care if he misses four weeks of the regular season. That's going to force other people to step up. Yeah, we might not be able to get out of the first month undefeated, but our goal and every team's goal is to win your division. And it sucks that you have that Arizona game week one, but I feel all right. I feel all right with that. So anyway, the Debo stuff is out there. I wanted to address that as we get more information. I'm sure I will update everybody on that. 
But um, anyway, man, now let's get into the episode. <laughs> that was just to get all that stuff out of the way. Um, so got us to talk about the Countdown crew. Love seeing everybody show up, whether you're on Hot Mic or YouTube. Uh, really do appreciate Periscope Twitch everywhere else. Twitter, love it, love it, love it. Uh, please go ahead and hit that like button. That share button is the most important. That helps us out the most. Uh, share it with anybody. Uh, it helps us out a lot. So uh, we do have another giveaway this month for the Countdown crew. And, man, let's go ahead and transition over to that bad boy. Let's see here. Last month, we gave away the Javon Kinlaw drawing. Which I loved. I've got a George Kittle one. I bought one of these. And if you're watching on YouTube or Hot Mic or wherever, you could see uh, kind of a sped up version of how this is created. This is done by Aether Art. Okay. And Sergio, do, do want to say thank you. He won the Countdown Crew for last month. And I have already put that in the mail with some other 49ers Rush gear. Um, so that is on the way to you, Sergio. But. If you want to try to compete for this this year, this is awesome. Here's what you got to do. It's very easy. At the start of the episode, if you missed it today, that's okay. You got all month. All you have to do is hit hashtag CC um, anytime our podcast starts. And the easiest way to do that is by setting up your notifications. So if you're on YouTube or Hot Mic, whatever, just hit that bell. That way when we go live, you can join us. Hashtag CC, you're automatically entered. We tally them all up, and we give away the prize through a drawing. Uh, last week was, or last month was Sergio. So, um, and all you got to do, this is done by Aether Art, A-E-T-H-E-R Art. They have an awesome YouTube channel where he does all these drawings. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, as I said, I have the Kittle one I bought for my boys, and I put it in a frame, hung it up in our room, and it looks awesome. Uh, the kids love it so uh, that is an opportunity for you and as we keep talking through some stuff i'm going to let this video play just because it's fascinating to me um how he can <laughs> how he can do this but anyway go follow him aether art on youtube he is awesome now let's talk some jamal adams okay now jamal adams is an interesting guy in and of himself because guess what he is how do i say this he's the best safety in the nfl like he's number one for me, it's that's all there is to it. He's the number one safety. Now, does he fit what the 49ers do? 100%. The problem is him and the Jets have a lot of issues. Very similar to what's going on with Yannick and Gokwe. Um, he wants to be paid top dollar. Now, this is where it gets complicated. Um, Adam Schefter tweeted out today. Um, I'll just read it word for word. There are seven teams to which Jets Pro Bowl safety Jamal Adams would welcome a trade. Here are the seven teams. Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, Seahawks, and the 49ers. Everybody wants to play for the 49ers, including Tom Brady, and we turned him away. Uh, now, there's lots of different ways to approach this. Yes, the 49ers want Jamal Adams. Every single team in the NFL wants Jamal Adams. The problem is this. One trade compensation, but that's not the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle is how the hell do you pay this guy? And that's where the 49ers are going to struggle. We haven't even signed Kittle yet, okay? Uh, we still got to figure out how to sign him. Uh, there's lots of other people that are going to be up as well. It's not going to be easy to do all of those things. And then you're going to add in Jamal Adams. So first, you know, somebody asked, well, what could we give up to get him? And I think it would have to be a lot of players because we'd have to unload some money on our books. I think you're talking Joukowsky Tart. I think you're talking Tevin Coleman. I think you could throw in somebody like a Solomon Thomas or a Dante Pettis. But then you'd also have to add probably a second rounder. Now, let's say you give all that up. Okay, You, you get Jamal Adams, and it might just be a one-year deal. 
because you're not going to be able to pay this guy $15 million a year on top of Kittle. There's just no way. Um, so personally, I don't think anything's going to happen. I hope that they try. And I'm okay with doing that, very similar to what we did with Emmanuel Sanders, where it's a one-year rental, and then we get a compensation pick back. You know, we're due to get a fifth-round comp pick as of now for Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, then that now that's next year. Now maybe we just keep piling those on. I'm okay with that. I would give up a second and a few players to get Jamal Adams for sure. I don't want to give up a first, but you know, if we did. Uh, the problem with giving up a first for Jamal Adams is you'd have to lock up a deal with him. If you trade for Jamal Adams now and give him a long-term deal before you give Kittle one, now you've got some issues in your locker room because Kittle is the heart and soul of this team. And you mean to tell me you're paying somebody Jamal Adams? You're giving him a contract? He hasn't played one snap for the 49ers after you trade DeForest Buckner? After you haven't signed Kittle? I just I think it could create some unrest. And it's not something that I'm a big fan of. Uh, do I want Jamal Adams? Hell yeah. <laughs> Again, every single team in the NFL wants Jamal Adams. That is simple. It's the cost, and then it's signing him long-term, which makes it even more complicated. So just a couple of things to think about there uh, that definitely make it kind of rough. It's not the easiest thing ever. Now, let's transition. Here we go, baby. I'm excited now. Uh, we got the bad news out of the way. We're not trading for the best safety. Uh, our wide receiver one's injured. Well, hopefully he'll be back soon. Let's move on to the all-decade team of the NFC West. This is so fun for me. I, I freaking loved it. Uh, it, was, it was a little nuts, but that's okay. And so here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do a first and second team, very similar to what we did last year. But again, this is all 10 years, and it had to take place in the NFC. So, for example... Um, talk about Carson Palmer, who didn't make it. Um, it's only the years that applied to the decade where you were playing in the NFC West. So even Patrick Willis, right, who's going to make this team, his a lot of his best years were before 2010. They don't count. So it's only 2010 to 2019, and it's only when they were playing on NFC West teams. Now, there's definitely going to be some debate here, and I hope I piss a lot of you off. That's okay. It just helps me sleep at night. I don't do it intentionally. It just happens just because of my personality, <laughs> but whatever. So let's talk about quarterbacks, and we're going to go through some stats and longevity and all those things. So here are the quarterbacks that were considered, okay, Jared Goff. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Carson Palmer, and Russell Wilson. All other quarterbacks just didn't have the longevity. Uh, you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't have it. You know, one year, full year as a starter, didn't have it, whatever else. So if we look at the time period that they were there, Jared Goff's right there on the cutoff. He's only had three seasons. Uh, sorry, four seasons now, 16, 17, 18, and 2019. So he had four. Carson Palmer, 2013 to 2017. Colin Kaepernick, 2011 to 2016. But he didn't even play. In 2011, right? Uh, his rookie year, despite what you know the people in the White House said, he didn't play his rookie year. And then Russell Wilson, who has been there 2012 to 2019 and started almost nonstop. So the first overall, you know, first All-Pro decade quarterback is Russell Wilson, which uh, he's 86 and 41 <laughs> win-loss record. His touchdown to interception ratio is stupid. 227 touchdowns to 68 interceptions with an additional 19 rushing yards, six Pro Bowls, one Super Bowl win, nine playoff wins. I, I don't think there's any debate here. Now, the second team quarterback, this was rough because I, I kept going back and forth. 
Okay, you, you look at okay. Colin Kaepernick never made the Pro Bowl or All Pro. Carson Palmer made one Pro Bowl. He had one playoff win. Jared Goff made two Pro Bowls and two playoff wins. But the the area that separated for me was one playoff wins and then touchdown to interception ratio. And so if we're looking at those criteria, it's not close. And so I went with Colin Kaepernick as the second-team all-decade quarterback. And I get it, there's not a lot of really tough competition here. But whenever you look at what Colin Kaepernick, he's got four playoff wins, um, four more than the Dallas Cowboys over the last 24 years. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, only three more. Sorry, they have one playoff win in 24 years. I apologize. I misspoke. My bad, my bad. Um, but you look at, again, he's sixth all-time in NFL history for touchdown-to-interception ratio. I know he's all over the news now. And then you add in the 13 rushing TDs. So that's why I went with Colin Kaepernick over Carson Palmer and Jared Goff for the second-team quarterback. Now let's jump into running back. This got rough quick. Um... Because here, here are the names I'm fighting through, okay? You got Todd Gurley. You got Frank Gore. You got Marshawn Lynch. You got David Johnson. You got these four guys that, you know, you could say for Todd Gurley and David Johnson, they were the best in the league for at least one or two years. They were the best. Now, Marshawn Lynch, he had the longevity, and of course, Frank Gore. Now, the problem with Frank Gore was this. A lot of his best years were before 2010, right? Uh, so that made it problematic. So let's just look at the numbers and the Pro Bowls and the All-Pros and all that stuff, okay? My first team, and this, this is where a lot of people start sending me hate mail, and that's okay. Uh, my first team running backs, I went with two because I get to make the rules, Todd Gurley and Marshawn Lynch. And a lot of it has to do with, again, the time period. Frank Gore was only around from 2010 to 2014 before he was traded. Now, he's still playing in the league six years later, obviously. Um but um, he only had those years, whereas if you look at Marshawn Lynch played from 2010 to 2015 and came back 2019, Todd Gurley uh, 15 to 19. Uh, Todd Gurley had two All-Pros, three Pro Bowls, Marshawn Lynch four Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, uh, Frank Gore three Pro Bowls, and then David Johnson one Pro Bowl, one All-Pro. So my first team goes to Todd Gurley, Marshawn Lynch, which Todd Gurley had 58 touchdowns. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, 58 touchdowns. Frank Gore, 32 touchdowns. David Johnson, 33 touchdowns. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting, Todd Gurley, Marshawn Lynch, and Frank Gore all averaged during their time, during this decade, 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, David Johnson closer to 4.0, but David Johnson far exceeded everybody else whenever you just look at receiving yards. Uh, he added another 2,200 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns. So my first team is Todd Gurley and Marshawn Lynch. My second team is Frank Gore and David Johnson. Uh, very, very talented group. Uh, you really can't get upset. Uh, being second team there. It, there are some positions that we're going to get into where it's almost possible to name <laughs> a, a second uh, team player because it's just so bad, especially in the offensive line. AFC West sucks at offensive line over the past decade. All right, let's move over to wide receiver. And, man, with a lot of guys here, but it, it drops off. First off, you got this guy's in category by himself, Larry Fitzgerald. He's played every year, <laughs> 2010 to 2019, seven Pro Bowls out of those 10 years, uh, 10,000 receiving yards, 61 touchdowns. He's in a class by himself. Now, after Larry Fitzgerald, who is amazing, I, I, he's a top four wide receiver all time for me. Um, but after that, it gets bad. 
You're talking Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, Michael Crabtree, Golden Tate. It's it's just bad. It's hard to get to fill this roster out. And so you go back through the past you know decade. There's not a lot there. There really isn't. So I had to put another wide receiver on the first team, and I decided to go with Michael Crabtree. Here's why. Uh, he has more touchdowns. He has more yards than all of the other ones, and he has more receptions. So it just made sense, um, and he did it in less time. Doug Baldwin played from 2011 to 2018, right? So he was there for eight years, whereas Michael Crabtree did his in five years. So he was able to put up better statistical seasons, and I don't like Michael Crabtree. I don't like Michael Crabtree literally at all. Uh, He's one of my least favorite 49ers ever. Uh, So it's hard for me to put him in there, but I'm going to put him in there. So first team, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Crabtree. And the second team's going to be both Seattle guys. Uh, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett, those guys got to be there. Now there's obviously newer wide receivers that I think are going to step up into there. But, you know, Debo had one year. He didn't really fit. Uh, There's not really a lot of Niners and or uh, Cardinals or Rams, right? You could talk about Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, those types of guys. But they've only been there for a few years as well. So they didn't really fit the mold for me. I think if they would have had one more year production, then I think that's a possibility. All right, here we go. This is going to piss everybody off. Let's make some people mad. Tight end position, baby. Tight end position for the NFC West, garbage. <laughs> it's been bad. Uh, the 49ers uh, are the only two that are really even respectable. I couldn't find another tight end that even re- received votes for the Pro Bowl. Delaney Walker is going to be the third third runner up, but he was only with the 49ers 2010, 11, and 12. So that made it kind of dicey. So the debate comes down to 49ers. Uh, you know, I put this up on Twitter. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> And, you know, I'll say this, you have to look at just this decade, okay? So, let's talk about Vernon Davis and George Kittle. And I love them both, right? It's it's like picking your favorite kid. Obviously, we all have a favorite kid. We just don't say it. Well, uh, I put this up on Twitter. It got over 800 votes, and a lot of people were upset at me just for posing this question. But that's okay. Vernon Davis was with the 49ers from 2010 to 2015. That's six years, okay? George Kittle, he's only been from 2017 to 2019, three years. So literally twice the time Vernon Davis has been with George Kittle. Now, the question is this. If you're picking individual year, you have to say George Kittle. He's got an all-pro. He's got two Pro Bowls. Vernon Davis was never an all-pro tight end. He got one Pro Bowl in his time. He was a great receiving threat and just racked up insane touchdowns. Here's what's crazy. Vernon Davis had 33 touchdowns uh, in those six years. I mean, he was putting up some great numbers, whereas George Kittle has got 12. Um, But George Kittle has the all-time record for receiving yards in a season and is way better blocker. I think if George Kittle has one more year, then I would be comfortable putting him ahead of Vernon Davis, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um, my first team tied in, which I disagree with the, the masses because they voted 63% for George Kittle. And I get it. I think Kittle's a better player. If I could choose who I, you know, I want on my team, I'm choosing Kittle. But the fact that Vernon Divot Davis did this six years quality starting and some huge playoff moments, 
um, and 33 touchdowns. I've got to give the nod to Vernon Davis. He was there for twice as long. Kittle there only three years. Don't hate me. I love George Kittle. Uh, but that's what we're going with. And Delaney Walker and Lance Kendricks, they're the first ones out. Uh, now let's get to offensive line. We're going to go through this relatively quickly because it was trash. It was bad, man. Uh, Joe Staley, obviously, is first team tackle. Okay, But you got to have two. Then I'm stuck between, man, Anthony Davis was in the conversation for first team offensive tackle. That's how bad the NFC West has been on the offensive line. Uh, you're talking Jared Feld here, uh, Rob Haverstein, Russell Okung. Like these are the guys. Um, and I couldn't find anybody at the tackle position. So my first team tackles are the only other tackle that got a Pro Bowl nod <laughs> during this decade in the NFC West was Russell Okung. Uh, you know, he started for Seattle from 2010 to 15. Uh, got one Pro Bowl. Joe Staley, he started every single <laughs> year. He got six Pro Bowls, right? Um, so my first team tackles are Joe Staley, Russell Okung for Seattle. And then my second team, um, they're going to go to Jared Veld here, and who had zero Pro Bowls, and Rob Haverstein, who also had zero Pro Bowls. So I left Anthony Davis out of it just because he still kind of irks me a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you could tell. The, the offensive line is not a strength. And still to this day, is <laughs> not a strength for the NFC West. All right, let's jump to the interior offensive linemen, the guards. And, man, again, not good. <laughs> uh, the good news is there are lots of 49ers represented here. Uh, first up, you've got to give it to Mike Uapati, who obviously now um, he's not very good. But he has played... 2010 to 2014 with the 49ers. Okay, he had four Pro Bowls and one All Pro during his time with the 49ers. Then he goes to play for Arizona for three years. Then now he's playing for Seattle, so he's almost played for the entire NFC West, and he's still he's still going. He's still a starter. So four Pro Bowls, one All Pro. There is nobody even close to that. Now the next three spots were between Roger Saffold, Alex Boone, again. There's not a lot to pick from. <laughs> and Lakin Tomlinson, who's only been there for three years. And so I went with the first team, Mike Uapati and Roger Saffold, who I think has just had an excellent career uh, for Los Angeles. He's been there for nine years. And then Alex Boone and Lakin Tomlinson I put for the second, seat, uh, second team. And really, Lakin got lucky by default. I think he's been great. I really, really do. But for only three years, making this the second team is kind of rough. Um, again, no Pro Bowls, but he's just he's been awesome. Um, Alex Boone is probably closer to the first tier than the second first team than the second team, but still. And then the center position to wrap up the offense. I've got Max Unger as my first team center, three Pro Bowls, one All Pro. Then he was traded for Jimmy Graham in that huge trade to the Saints. Um, AQ Shipley I have as my second team. He started for seven years, no Pro Bowls for the Arizona Cardinals. And then Daniel Kilgore, um, who unfortunately is the last man out. So first team, Max Unger. Second team, AQ Shipley. Um, yeah, so that's our offensive breakdown there of the All-Decade team. Now what I want to do, and if you guys listened to the last episode, um, I am taking a section out instead of giving, uh, you know, trying to make money for the podcast or anything else, and just basically free publicity for any type of black organization or uh, charity that is trying to make a difference in the black youth 
of today's time. And today what I want to highlight, it's called, it's the organization is called 100 Black Men, and it is awesome. It is great. It's all about mentoring, um, you know, young black men and women. And it's, again, it's a local thing. I can't stress this enough. If you want to give to change, local is where your dollars will do the most work. Okay, I've already given to this on behalf of the 49ers Rush podcast and just as my own self, like I've given it for that as well. And so what you have to do, it's really, really easy. Uh, You just go to 100, you just Google 100 black men and then you'll pick a chapter. So wherever your city is and you'll be able to again they go to the elementary schools they go to middle schools with people that perhaps don't have both parents in their life they set up basically it's it's like a big brother program on steroids because what they do is they just try to mend and force one-on-one relationships to help people at a very young age see um, how they can achieve their potential and try to dream big um, instead of just following the mundane uh, whatever of life, they try to get people to dream big and then connect their goals uh, into action plans and set them on that path. If you want to be an attorney, if you want to go be a politician or whatever, there are people that come in and help um, people get to their goals. So that's 100 Black Men. Please check it out. Um, I put the description in or I put the link in the description there. And again, you get to pick your city. So once you go to that website, you just click find chapter. Type in wherever it is you're from, and it even shows you the schools they're working with, uh, which is really, really awesome. So cannot recommend this enough. Go check it out. It's called 100 Black Men, and it's all about mentoring young black uh, men and women to help them achieve their dreams. All right, here we go. Let's jump over now to the defensive side of the ball, and this was way more fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a defensive guy. I, I really, really am. So let's focus on, in the way that I did this, I didn't do defensive end and defensive tackles. I did edge and I did interior because um, the 49ers were at 3-4. Um, you know, you, you look at the Cardinals are at 3-4 now, so it just didn't work. So I just did edge and then I did interior. And this was hard. The edge class is crazy, crazy, crazy deep. Let me just read some of the names that we're going through. Chris Long, Frank Clark, Alden Smith, Cliff Averill, Ahmad Brooks, Robert Quinn, Chandler Jones. And yeah, I put Ahmad Brooks as an edge um, for this just because he predominantly rusts the passer. So right off the bat, the easiest one to make the first team. So you got two first teamers and two second teamers. Chandler Jones. Uh, he, I, I thought... He's been there four years, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Um, you know, should have got defensive player of the year, at least been mentioned in it. Stephon Gilmore had a great year, but I thought it was Chandler Jones for sure. But anyway, three Pro Bowls, two All-Pros. He's got 60 sacks <laughs> in four years. 60 sacks in four years, 67 tackles for loss, 17 forced fumbles. Uh, the dude has just been incredible, and I think one of the better players in the NFL. He's been stuck on some crappy teams um, and kind of a smaller market, so he doesn't get a lot of the publicity. But Chandler Jones, that dude head and shoulders above now this is where it got close because after chandler jones there's i i you know i've got four guys that are super super close okay and so the question came down to this you gotta look at the numbers okay so for example alden smith one pro bowl one all pro 44 sacks he did it in three years so it's not that long. Ahmad Brooks, he was there for seven years, one Pro Bowl, 51 and a half sacks. So you, Alden Smith, what he did in such a short amount of time 
is incredible. Uh, he broke records for how many sacks in the first two years, first three years. It's stupid. But then he fell off the deep end, and that's kind of what we remember. Now he's back in Dallas. Curious to see how that's going to go. But Ahmad Brooks did it seven years for the 49ers, but it wasn't as impactful. 51 and a half sacks, right? Um, now, Robert Quinn, he's played 2011 to 2017, two Pro Bowls, one All Pro, 62 and a half sacks, 68 tackles for loss, which he led in, and 21 forced fumbles. That was, I had no clue. Uh, Robert Quinn has forced so many turnovers uh, with that. So that's why I went Robert Quinn, uh, longevity. Um, he's got more awards, and he's got more sacks and turnovers. So my first team is Chandler Jones and Robert Quinn. My second team is a pair of 49ers, Ahmad Brooks and Alden Smith. And outside looking in, I had Frank Clark, no Pro Bowls, 35 sacks. Uh, Chris Long, no Pro Bowls, 45 and a half sacks. And Cliff Averill, one Pro Bowl, 34 and a half sacks. Uh, all those are great studs. But Alden Smith was better than Von Miller. <laughs> whenever they got drafted together it's just the off the field stuff and then you look at Ahmad Brooks dude just he just stayed just consistency like he, he wasn't going anywhere um anyway so that's what that is let's go over to the interior defensive inside of clear cut first team Aaron Donald holy cow Six Pro Bowls, five All-Pros, two Defensive Player of the Year. He's going down as the best defensive tackle in the history of the NFL. If he retired today, uh, I think he would have that title. Um, you know, 72 sacks. It doesn't make sense. 117 tackles for loss. You just go on and on. It's just him. Now, after that, there's a lot of guys. Calais Campbell, Michael Bennett, DeForest Buckner, Justin Smith, Michael Brockers. Golly, how, how do you pick four of these guys? Um, the numbers helped a lot, but it still was difficult. So for the first team joining Aaron Donald, I went with Calais Campbell, which was rough. Um, you know, he was there from 2010 to 2016, so he got seven years starting, two Pro Bowls, 49 and a half sacks, 97 tackles for loss. He eclipsed everybody else in those two categories in sacks and tackles for loss by a considerable margin. Um, so I felt like those two guys, there's a lot of people that deserve it. And this, this is going to piss somebody off. So I'm just going to throw this out there. You got Michael Bennett, who I think you have to put in there, um, in the second team, 2013, 2017, he, he was there for a longer period than Justin Smith or DeForest Buckner. Um, and so I, I had to give him the nod because, again, he had more sacks than both of them. He had more tackles for loss than both of them. He had more forced fumbles than both of them. Like, he had all those things. And I hate it, but I, I had to go with Michael Bennett in the second team, which means there's one spot available for Justin Smith and DeForest Buckner. How the hell do you choose between these people? Um, you know, two 49ers legends. Um, and I think longevity and all pro kind of shifted it to the Justin Smith factor. Um, again, Justin Smith was with the 49ers for an extra year during that time period, right? This is just focusing on the last decade. So 2010 on, um, so he was there an extra year, four pro bowls, one all pro DeForest Bruckner only had one pro bowl, uh, sack wise, Justin Smith had 30 and a half, uh, DeForest Buckner, 28 and a half. So you look down the line, and they're very, very similar. I had to give the nod to Cowboy. Uh, I think that DeForest Buckner, if he had played the same amount of years as Justin Smith, he would have surpassed him in almost every single category. 
but he, he never got to that point. Um, through no fault of his own, mind you. Uh, he wanted to stay in San Francisco. They just didn't have the money. And then Michael Brockers I left out as well. So uh, DeForest Buckner kind of gets a snub here, which is sad. Uh, it's kind of been that way for most of his career, to be honest with you. Hasn't gotten the notoriety or recognition from the league with all pros or Pro Bowls. And he's been deserving of all of them. But even if you just look at the numbers, it, Justin Smith, what he did with the 49ers for those five years, it's hard to argue. I, I love Defoe, but... It, gonna have to leave him out of that one and it hurts i don't want to move on i, I want to write an apology <laughs> um, all right let's move to the linebacking position and you know there's a lot of weaknesses throughout the nfc west as i went through this at different positions just like how the hell am i going to get second teamers out of this linebacker was not one of them um you're talking some of the all-time greats, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Bobby Wagner, uh, James Laurinaitis, Daryl Washington, K.J. Wright. Uh, definitely a huge drop-off, Carlos Dansby, Alec Ogletree. But uh, there's a lot of dudes. <laughs> I didn't mention Fred Warner, who's only been there for two years. Um, but there's just there's depth there. Um, now, again, this got tricky. Because the cutoff, I hate the freaking cutoff, right? Patrick Willis. Let's talk about Patrick Willis. I think he's one of the best, if not the best linebacker of all time. I just think that's just the truth. How he was able to maintain his dominant level his entire career, uh, you know, it was amazing. The problem is, once we're getting into all-decade teams, it cuts his career in half. Because for this all-decade team, it's only 2010 to 2014 we're not getting the entire discography right of patrick willis we're just getting half of it uh and so that's rough so that hurt patrick willis in this exercise but still even though it hurt him four pro bowls three all pros he got snubbed on that fourth one um 14 sacks 485 tackles all those things right four interceptions dudes all over the place um he's gonna be in the first team period i don't care uh navarro bowman 2010 to 2017, three Pro Bowls, four All-Pro teams. Holy cow. Uh, you know, I, When Navarro Bowman hit those two and a half years of elite playing status, uh, you could argue at that point he was better than Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis just did it over a longer period of time at that consistently high level. Navarro Bowman was a little bit more of a bell curve where he was learning and then he was the best, and then he kind of fell off after that injury, uh, which was rough, and you hate to see the way his career ended. Uh, but I love Navarro Bowman, one of my favorites of all time. Um, still have his jersey. It's one. This is my favorite jersey, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I should have said that out loud. I did. And then Bobby Wagner, he's got to make the first team because the time period has worked for him, 2012 to 2019. Five All-Pros, six Pro Bowls, 1,000 tackles, 19 and a half sacks. Uh, I hate Bobby Wagner, but he is amazing. Um, now, here's what's crazy, too. I paused, and I went and looked through the NFL outside of the NFC West. If, and this is the only position I did this for, um, and again, I had three linebackers make um, the first team because it's a 4-3. That's how I see it. I made the rules. Don't argue with me. It's what we're doing. But... Um, during the all-decade team for the entire NFL, it also came down to these three players. So not only are Bobby Wagner, Navarro Bowman, and Patrick Willis in whatever particular order you want to put them in, um, the all-pros for the NFC West linebacker core, also the entire NFL for the 2010, uh, 2010 to 2019 season. So talk about strength, right? Uh, it's, it's incredible the fact that we have been able to see 
this great of linebackers and the opportunity that the 49ers current linebackers can be up there with them. I don't think they can super like pass them, but it does remind you that 49ers have the best linebacking core in the NFL period bar none. It's not close. Anybody wants to argue that Quan Alexander is on the bench for us. He is a Sam linebacker that rotates in Quan Alexander starts for 28 teams in the NFL period. Maybe more. Um, now, uh, I did just finish and over on Patreon, a 40-plus-minute Dre Greenlaw breakdown, and here's the deal. Patreon's free for the next six weeks, okay? I, I have delayed all billing. You still have to sign up. Sign up for the eight, uh, the $8 Frank Gore tier on Patreon.com. All you got to do is type in 49ers Rush. You'll see it. It's free. It's free. You just sign up, and if you don't like it or if money's tight, you can cancel before you um, – before August 1st. I'm not turning billing on until August 1st. So you can go through. I've got 95-plus posts and video breakdowns on there. Like I said, I just finished a 40-minute Drake Greenlaw breakdown. Um, but anyway, you want to go watch all those, and you want to go back through the games and the offensive breakdowns and all that stuff, head over there. Please do it. Um, and again, if you want to sign up, watch all the videos, and then when I turn billing back on, cancel, and it not cost you a penny, that's okay. Uh, I want to give everybody just uh, let them see what's over there. Um, and then of course, once the season happens, that's when that stuff goes crazy. Uh, my wife gets mad at me, but that's okay. She's amazing. Love you wife. All right, back to the all decade team. Let's go corners, man. Um, two hall of famers, I think right off the bat on this first team. And then it's a huge drop off. Richard Sherman and Patrick Peterson are going to be my first team corners. Richard Sherman. Whenever I first did it, just based off name, I actually put Patrick Peterson first. Um, and Richard Sherman right below him, and I had to switch it, which is crazy. You know, and they're very different corners. You know, Patrick Peterson is way better athlete, higher pedigree, you know, very early pick in the first round. He shadows the number one wide receiver the whole time. Then you have Richard Sherman, late round pick, not a great athlete, very intelligent, maybe one of the most intelligent people in the entire NFL. Um, and he stays on one side and he's more of a zone corner. But whenever you look at the stats, I don't think it's close, okay? Now, Pro Bowls, all pros, they're very close. Patrick Peterson, eight Pro Bowls, three all pros. Richard Sherman, five Pro Bowls, three all pros. Both elite, okay? But interception-wise, this is the difference. Um, Richard Sherman, 35 interceptions to Patrick's 25. Okay, so he's got 10 more. Um, Passes defense, 114 for Richard Sherman, 83 for Patrick Peterson. Uh, so, so you can kind of see the difference there, getting their hands on the balls. Sherman's definitely won. He's played so many bigger games. You know, he's been in three Super Bowls. He's got one Super Bowl win during this time period as well. Uh, they both came into the league the same year. And so their metrics and their numbers, they're very easy to compare because it's the same amount of time <laughs> that they've played. Two of the best. Now, outside of that, I'm I'm going through Carlos Rogers. Janoris Jenkins, Tremaine Johnson, LaMarcus Joyner, all those guys. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't give it to Carlos Rogers. He did have one Pro Bowl, but nine interceptions, 32 passes defensed. But Tremaine Johnson and Janoris Jenkins, those are going to be my second team guys. Tremaine Johnson, no Pro Bowls, but 18 interceptions, 67 passes defense. Janoris Jenkins, no Pro Bowls either, but 12 interceptions and 56 passes defense. And he did that um, in just four years. So pretty impressive 
what Janoris Jenkins did. Carlos Rogers, again, nine interceptions. He was just a lot less across the board. Uh, but if you remember when Carlos Rogers came over, he provided a very important spark to rebuild that defense. Uh, big Carlos Rogers guy. Now, last position. Here we go. The safety position. Uh, this one was pretty rough. Uh, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, that's first team. Uh, it's not even those guys. The first team was easy to pick. Uh, you look at what Earl Thomas has done: six Pro Bowls, three All Pros, twenty-three interceptions. The guy I think is one of the top five best safeties all time. Yeah, he's getting his name jugged through the mud right now with what's going on off the field. But hey, uh, his play was nuts. Cam Chancellor, four Pro Bowl selections, um, and his his numbers never work because he's not a stat guy. He's an intimidation guy. He's a punisher over the middle. It's what it is. And so he kind of redefined that strong safety position. He he deserves it. Now, the second team, um, you're talking Eric Reed, Tyron Matthew, Deshaun Golston, Buda Baker. There's a big drop. Tyron Matthew, even though he was only there for four years in Arizona, did good job. One All-Pro, one Pro Bowl, 11 interceptions. And uh, so I had to give it to Tyron Matthew for the second team. And then man, this it got rough. Um the only other Pro Bowl nod was Eric Reed. From 2013 to 2017, he had four years, 10 interceptions, 34 passes defense, one sack, and 318 tackles. And so you could just see the drop-off, but I got to give it to Eric Reed. I even did kickers, which I know you guys probably hate. Uh, I'll go through these quick. Uh, Greg Zerline for the Rams was my first team. Steven Hauska, second team. David Akers was great, but only there for two years. Punters, Johnny Heckler, not close. Uh, he'll be the all-decade NFL plumber, uh, punter as well. I think I said plumber. Uh, no offense to punters. Punters' lives. Come on, man. I like punters, except for when you draft them in the fourth round. Uh, and then Andy Lee, uh, who punted five years with the 49ers and three years with the Arizonas. Uh, Cardinals. So that's going to wrap it up. Now let's talk about totals. Here we go as we wrap this up. The least represented on the all-decade team is the Arizona Cardinals with 12. They had six on offense, five on defense, one on special teams. Oh, sorry, no. They were third. Last place was the Rams, actually. They only had three offensive players, five defense, and two special teamers. So if you take special teams out of the equation, they're even further down below. Um, Seattle was third with 14 total, seven on offense, six on defense, one special teamer, and the 49ers. Ooh. You know, it definitely seems like, you know, the 49ers had two Super Bowl appearances during this decade. They lost them both, unfortunately. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, um, you know, they had their two as well. Uh, one, one, lost one. But the Seattle Seahawks definitely were in control of the longevity of this decade, but it didn't represent that. You know, Russell Wilson's a big reason why a lot of that happened. And then kind of the Legion of Boom characters, whatever else on the uh, opposing side. But the 49ers had these two distinct teams make it to the top and they were completely, there were no continuity between the last two Super Bowl rosters. Literally none. You're talking <laughs> Joe Staley, that's it. <laughs> uh, but the 49ers had 16. Nine on offense, seven on defense, and no special teamers. Um, Oh, sorry. No, I was wrong. One special teamer. My numbers are wrong. Andy Lee, he counts for both teams. So the 49ers had 17. So that's 17 for the 49ers, 14 for the Seahawks, 12 for the Cardinals, and 10 
for the Los Angeles Rams. So, man, that was a lot of talking. I know it's a long episode, but uh, love you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. We're, we're to the 50-minute mark. That's what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, head over to that Patreon. Go check that out. Um, also do want to say just thank you to our sponsor. Let's get this thrown in there real quick. I just want to give a real quick shout-out to our sponsor. I love this betonline.ag these guys are awesome they have supported the uh, podcast and all of blue wire podcast for a while now they are a great company and here's the deal with currently no nba nhl mlb football whatever you there's no sports we get it but here's the deal you can still go out and bet um our exclusive partner betonline.ag still has hundreds of events games props to wager on from their online casinos to poker blackjack they're bringing vegas to you now, uh, if you're missing the NFL, um, no problem. They have live daily, every single day, Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. So you can still bet on TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, all those things, stock prices, religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can bet on everything. BetOnline.ag. It's open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So head over there. Here's the deal. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today. Receive your new welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. Head over there. Sign up now. All right. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to questions this episode. As I'm scrolling through, I see a lot of really good stuff. Um, I'm going to do a Q&A episode probably next week. Um and I think we're going to get a little bit more clarification from COVID and kind of all those things because with what's happening with MLB and NBA and all those things, even college athletics, uh, I want to dedicate time to what this is going to look like and how it's going to help teams. So I see your COVID uh, answers and I want to get into that, but I'm not as well versed with what's going on right now um, just from the NFLPA side, which they've been relatively silent. And until they get that agreement in with what that's going to look like, um, I, I don't want to throw too much conjecture out there. So uh, we will have time to get to some of your questions. So uh, apologize we didn't get through those today, but it's already a super long episode. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And head over to Patreon. Uh, get over there and do that. Also, in the description, uh, Blue Wire has put a survey in there. It takes 60 seconds. I did it right before this. It doesn't take long. Just helps us out uh, with what's going on behind the scenes. So if you want to take time to do that, I appreciate it. If you don't, totally cool. Uh, but just want to say thank you, guys. Countdown crew is always in effect. Make sure you hit that alert button and just want to say thank you guys for everything really appreciate uh what it is that you guys have done for the 49ers rush podcast as we continue to grow and um just want to say thank you guys again and as always stay strong faithful Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.